you for tuning in to Saturday Conversations. My name is Edward Akiyemi, and I'm so grateful you have decided to listen to Saturday Conversations. Every Saturday, I have conversations with different believers of Jesus. We discuss about their faith walk and the wisdom they have gained through this journey called life. Happy Saturday. Today, I'm excited to welcome you to episode 45 of Saturday Conversations. Today's episode, I pray will be filled with wisdom and understanding in Jesus' mighty name. Today, I had to bring on a guest that I know for almost three years. And I love how God is using her to spread the love of Jesus Christ. So without further ado, please help me welcome to the conversation, Chioma Udako. Chioma, how are you doing? I'm good. Good evening, Ed. What's up? Nothing much. I'm excited to have you on the conversation. But before we get into the meat of the conversation, do you mind introducing yourself to people who don't know you? Of course, of course. Uh, good evening, everyone. My name is Chioma. I go by Chichi at City Church, Uduko. I am 33 years old, single, not married. Um, I am also one of the leads at City Church Chicago. I am one of the leads on Ask Four Years next month. Actually, in 10 days, it'll be my four-year anniversary. So I started at City Church as kind of a spectator. And then 2019, I joined on host team. And then in 2020, I made my transition to outreach. And in 2021, I also served in green room with PK and PA, Pastors Ken and Pastors Alley and um, still an outreach lead. And that's where I currently am in this season. And I recently graduated from North Park University with a master's in clinical mental health counseling with distinction. That's amazing. Congratulations. How does it feel to, you know, you. Be, a, uh, to be a master's holder, to be in that top 10% of America? Listen, um, academics, as you know, um, that's how we were seen as children. Um, academic excellence is definitely a very, very uh, important characteristic in a cultural household, especially being from a Nigerian household. Um, we're recognized by our, our degrees pretty much. Uh, people are either doctors, lawyers, engineers. Those are the top three for those of you who are unfamiliar uh, that our culture really recognizes. So to have an advanced degree in an area that a lot of Nigerians are not privy to um, is something that is very, very um, unique. And I'm very thankful um, to God for the opportunity. It's God's degree, it's not mine. Um, I was just the conduit that he used. Um, and that is how I even got that degree. It's even a journey within itself. And in our family, we have, I think I got the 13th degree. So lucky number 13. So my parents, have three degrees each. Um, and then my my sister has, I believe she has three, and then I have four. Wow, that's amazing. And you broke the mold because, you know, mental health is not really talked about in African households. So you kind of, you, you did your own thing, Chiyoma. You did your own thing. <laughs> I listen, it didn't come without pushback or resistance. And, um, but I, I think God is definitely using me and just so many others um, in our households, um, a lot of us who are carrying uh, burdens, burnout, weight of our families as well. I've been able to have very open and intimate conversations with friends throughout the years just about upbringing and childhood. Um, so it's been really, really, really helpful. Um, and I'm thankful that God has used me just as a vessel just to even 
spread the awareness, all the opportunities he's allowed me to do and in the areas and the fields that I've been able to, uh, that I get to work in and I've been able to work in. That is so good. And I, I really believe that God has placed you strategically to help people get through like the generational burden, the generational trauma that they just want to sweep under the rug. You're like, no, let's, let's, let's work through it. <laughs> let's, I know the Bible is exactly. burden to Jesus, but you know, you need to talk to someone about it. <laughs> and I think sometimes exactly. we, just, we just want to pray about it. And there's nothing wrong with prayer. I'm a PK. I know that prayer changes things. Right, but right, I right. I really believe yeah. that after prayer, God will tell you, you need to go contact this person or you need to do this, or right. you need to cut that person off, or you need to block that person. Right. But you know, we right. just want to pray and just still do our own thing at the end of the day. Exactly. And the most important thing is that God is our source. God is our source in all things and counseling, therapy, medication, physicians, they are, they are resources. Um, so I'm definitely not on um, this, this platform to promote my own agenda. Um, I am a powerful woman of prayer. And I believe that as long as for those who are believers, it is very important to be connected in the secret place to your ultimate source, which is God, Christ, which is our firm foundation, God, the creator of everything, the sovereign one over every area of our lives, and the Holy Spirit that enables us and empowers us and encourages us to face, um, face our lives, to confront ourselves, and to really... Um, you know, exalt the name of Jesus and to um, empower others to um, to spread the good news, to spread the gospel and to um, advance the kingdom based on the agenda and the plan and the will that God has for us. Uh, that is awesome. Like I said, I'm excited to have this conversation with you. Let's just get into the topic. Y'all see the title. You already know what we're talking about. We're talking about boundaries. So Chioma, what I realized is that God created boundaries for our good. But I don't know why we think in our mind that we don't need boundaries. And people start to say that boundaries make you weak. I'm here to tell you right now, boundaries don't make you weak. Boundaries make you smart. <laughs> a person can only give yeah. what they have. And a person exactly. Can, and the way the person fills themselves up and maintain what God has put inside of them if they establish boundaries. Like even if you look mm -hmm. in the book of Genesis, God said you can have everything except this tree. And right. what happens when you cross the boundary? Now you just you you asking for trouble. <laughs> you just looking for it. You're right. asking for it. So I think God has given us boundaries so we can maintain peace, so we can maintain joy, so we can maintain that love He has placed inside of us. But what happens is people start to compare their boundaries with one another. There's a mm -hmm. let me just let people know right now. My boundaries are not your boundaries. Your boundaries are right. not your mama's boundaries. Everyone has the specific boundaries. And you have to ask the Holy Spirit to show you what boundaries you need to have. Maybe you shouldn't talk right. to your best friend you know for 12 years. Maybe you should, you know, hold on. And maybe you should hold off on your family telling you should go get a, a doctor degree or be a doctor lawyer. And I know some African parents don't want to hear this. But sometimes you got to put our foot down and say, you know what? I don't feel the Listen. Lord moving me this way. I don't feel the Lord telling me to go this way. But, you know, you know, honor your parents. And, I, and I'm all for honoring your parents. Right. But when honoring your parents gets you out of the will of God, I think that's when you right. should anymore, you know? Right. So I think we should just always ask the Lord for the boundaries we should have and stick to the boundaries. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23 says, keep I said Proverbs chapter four, verse 23, pardon me. Keep and guard your heart with all vigilance and above all that you guard for out of it flows the springs 
of life. So our goal through this conversation is to show you the importance of having boundaries in your life. So before we get into the good stuff, Chioma, my first question to you is, how was your upbringing? Um, so my upbringing, um, as being a Nigerian daughter, um, I had two very loving parents who did the best they could with what they had. Um, they provided for us financially. Um, we never wanted for anything um, as well. So growing up, um, we had very, very good memories as a family. And also um, education was something that was really important to my parents as well, because that was the way out of, you know, if you wanted to do anything, um, it was good to, it's a, it was important to have a good education and just to make sure that you optimized your potential that was given to you. I did grow up um, and I did have a better relationship with my father um, growing up um, compared to my mom. But, um, you know, I am just a trigger warning going to share a traumatic event. Um, but when I was um, six years old, I suffered um, sexual violence as a child. I was molested um, in, in church, in a church basement. Um, by my pastor's eldest son, who was 11 years old at the time, and I was six years old. And I kept that a secret for 22 years until I was 28. Um, so that was kind of the root of a lot of the problems and experiences that I would later have with boundaries, with relationships, with friendships, and, um, and setting boundaries, and uh, a lot of people-pleasing um, which I, when I was listening to uh, one of Craig Crochelle's associate pastors, which was really interesting that people pleasing is a form of idolatry because you're not trying to please God, you're trying to please man. Um, so that comes from conditioning from the time that we were children. Um, so that it, it caused a lot of emotional, emotional problems for me. Um, and I think a lot throughout my life, um, especially in, in college, um, I had to numb a lot of a lot of pain. Um, so um, that was that was very difficult as well. Um, but just to um, kind of reiterate that as well. So that was that was difficult for me too, and kind of growing up and kind of having that awareness as well. So my follow-up question is. You, you, well, thank, first of all, thank you for sharing. I'm sorry that you had to go through that. Um, mm -hmm. So thank the, you. the thing you went through, so how did that lead to you people pleasing? If that makes sense. It seemed like if, if someone was in that situation, you just want to cut everybody off, but somehow it led to you people please. So can you just de um, go deeper on that point? Yeah, so um, I did everything that I could to kind of make my parents happy, whether it was not sharing my own pain and being uncomfortable, whether it was keeping family secrets. Um, so there was a lot of codependency, um, as I realized as I got older with the family relationships. So, um, you know, kind of throughout that point, um, I, really, I really wasn't heard a lot um, and also to kind of growing up, my mom also su also suffers from her own transgenerational trauma from, from growing up uh, growing up poor as well. So I also experienced um, physical abuse, emotional abuse, um, a lot from her from around the ages of six until 21. 
Um, so I remember there's two, two significant instances where um, my mother was extremely angry. Um, one incident when I was six years old, um, my mother was upset at me for cutting, cutting my hair off. And I remember um, being beaten and having black eyes and my mom having to put ice over my eyes. And then a situation kind of repeated itself 15 years later. Um, believe it or not, when I was around 17, and again at 21, where I was beaten with a, with a broomstick and I had bruises um, all over my thigh. And I had a lot of resentment towards my dad because we really weren't protected um, from my mom. But there was also a lot of domestic violence um, that I also witnessed um, throughout, throughout our childhood, which uh, we were exposed to things that we should have never been exposed to. Wow, and then you you hear thriving. This can only be the grace of God. Am I am I correct? Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. You're very, 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 very correct. Um, because also growing up too, I also struggled with self esteem issues, suicidal ideation at the age of thirteen. Um, you know, so there was a there were a lot of um, cognitive and emotional problems. Um, but I think I hid those with doing well in school, with being obedient to my parents, and kind of following the rules. Um, so I think that was, that was what got me through. And I think people pleasing was my way of surviving all the trauma that I was going through at that time. So did you ever stop people pleasing or is that a process you still walk when walking through or how, how did that, um, end up? That is honestly, I think that is a process that I'm still walking through, but I think I've learned, um, in counseling and therapy um, to, um, to set, to set better boundaries, to kind of have, um, kind of to have my, my rule set. And it's not to really, it's not to control people. It's not to manipulate, but it's to have a standard for myself and a standard for my own life. And that I'm not responsible for the emotions, thoughts, or opinions or feelings of other people. You can have, you can have limitations, um, to how people have access to you and still be a caring individual who is compassionate. And that is so good. Let's just go to the next question because people probably watching and li or listening saying like, what is, what are boundaries? So do, right. you, do you mind breaking down and explain to people what, what are boundaries? Yeah, sure. Um, boundaries pretty much. Um, I had a chance to kind of look at the literal definition um, earlier and it's like boundaries are literally limitations um, boundaries, another way of explaining boundaries is what is permissible and what is not permissible to you. Like what is okay for you and what is not okay. A boundary, there could be, there, there's physical boundaries. Like, you know, we all live next door. We all have neighbors. Um, so like when you see property lines, those are, or fences, those are physical boundaries. Like you cannot cross this property or like if you have property signs. So those are examples of of uh, physical boundaries. And there are several types of boundaries. Um, there's physical boundaries, which explain, which give you the right to have your own privacy, physical space, how you wanna be touched, if you wanna be touched. Um, there are sexual boundaries, there are material and financial boundaries. There are emotional boundaries where you have, you have the right to your own feelings, to express your feelings, and also understanding the feelings of others. There are mental and intellectual boundaries. There are also financial boundaries, workplace boundaries, spiritual and religious boundaries, time boundaries. And there's so many types of boundaries that can help you live like a very um, integrated life. But we have to be careful as, as people 
because there are different traits of boundaries. So there are boundaries where you have people who are more rigid with their boundaries um, because they want to keep people out. They don't want to be intimate or have intimate relationships. Um, there are people who have very poor boundaries where they overshare, they say inappropriate things. They're too involved in the lives of the people around them. That's something I struggle with, especially as a, as a counselor. Um, I've, I've been caught up in other people's problems, other people's pain, um, and not being able to differentiate someone's pain from my own. And then healthy boundaries are really to be able to express and assert yourself, also being able to receive the word no, and also being able to respect the boundaries of others, expressing your needs and taking other people's needs into consideration. So there's so many types of boundaries that are out there that I mentioned. Um, so those can be really, really helpful to those who are listening to your channel. That is so good. And I, I want to say this right now, I feel led to say this, that your boundaries doesn't have to make sense to an individual. They will Some people, some people are like, why, why you got to do this? Why can I do this? Why can't it? It doesn't matter how they feel. It's your boundaries, and if they can't, right. if they can't get on the, the on the plan with your boundaries, then you have to let them go. Don't ever blur your boundaries for someone else. Because if they if they call you, know, they cause you to blur your boundaries right now when they first met you. What's gonna happen three years right. down the line? Right. 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 So we really, really have to be be careful with that, too, as well. And, and a lot of times we don't know our own boundaries until they've been crossed, which is OK. For example, um, let's see, what boundary did I not know that bothered me? For example, like my devotional time, like I asked my sister, like when I have my devotional time, I ask that you please not come in the room. Don't barge in my door. Um, sometimes she respects it, sometimes she doesn't. But I think the key is you have to be consistent with your boundary, no matter what it is. Like you said, your boundaries are not going to make sense to everybody. Your boundaries are going to upset some people. Your boundaries are going to offend some people. But I'm going to be very clear when I say this. Your boundaries are your responsibility. I will say it again for emphasis. Your boundaries are your responsibility. That, that is so good because sometimes we want to blame other people. They didn't respect my boundaries. Well, my question is, did you enforce your boundaries? Because humans, right. what we do, we will take an inch and, and take it for a mile. <laughs> you let us get away with a little bit. As humans, we want to take the whole thing. So I think exactly you said that it's now our responsibility to enforce the boundaries so we can, you know, go forward. Because the thing is, if we don't have boundaries today, we invite chaos into, into our tomorrow. You better say that again. <laughs> so, so I think you better say that again. I think people need to realize like if we don't cause boundaries today, we're gonna have chaos tomorrow. Like if I don't say I'm not gonna spend all this money today, I'm gonna be in debt tomorrow. Right. And your credit's going gonna be crappy tomorrow. Right. You can't buy a house yes. tomorrow. You can't <laughs> exactly. You know I mean? So if you don't tell Listen, your other that I don't true. like the way you do this today, it's only gonna get worse when y'all married. Mm -hmm. so you know what mm -hmm. i mean and then some i always try to be very cautious about this because i am a person who believes honor your mother and father but if you don't set right. down your boundaries for your mother and father today they're going to take advantage of you tomorrow and that's just how it is not every parent is a good parent right. <laughs> you know what i mean that is true that is true 
That is true. Um, I've had to learn that a lot with my mother over the past three years um, and really, really enforcing um, those boundaries. And it was to the point where um, recently, last year, I had to kind of, I had to write a letter to her in an email kind of explaining my entire experience with her. And that's what really, really kind of shook her um, in that in that regard. And also just to go back, um, a lot of us make the mistake of expecting people to know our boundaries. You have to communicate them. Not communicating your boundaries is like you seeing someone hit your hit a wall that's going to hurt the both of you and you're not telling them like, hey, there's a wall in front of you. When you don't communicate your boundaries, you hurt yourself and you also hurt other people involved. That is so good. So my follow-up question is, how can someone effectively communicate their boundaries to other people? Um, how can someone communicate their boundaries? Um, I think there's a lot of self-inventory that has to take place. Um, a lot of people grow up in very codependent situations and codependent relationships. And I would say to observe the patterns um, that have really transpired in your life. Like I, I know for me, I have violated all types of boundaries um, in my own personal life from former relationships to friendships, to family relationships as well. So really taking the self inventory and acknowledging the role that you play. And I think a lot of us in who grew up in dysfunctional backgrounds or traumatic backgrounds or any type of background, we're not taught boundaries, especially those of us um, with the story that I, that I shared with you who experienced violent violation. The, the, it could be unconscious, well, well, where was my boundary when I was violated? So why should I respect the boundaries of other people? So I think kind of in that regard, it's very, very important to take self inventory um, of yourself um, and having and having self self awareness, um, reflecting. And I've had to do that, um, and I did that with the help of you know of a therapist. And boundaries is a very it's a trigger word. It's a trigger topic. It's very uncomfortable to talk about, but boundaries are essential to our overall overall sanity, well being, and peace of mind. That is so good because like when I think about the Bible says that Jesus withdrew himself many times. He withdrew himself. He withdrew himself. And they knew not to go bother Jesus exactly. when he withdrew himself. And I think right. sometimes we we think like, oh, let's let's say ministry. Um, sometimes mm -hmm. it's the unhealthy culture, like just say yes, just say yes, just say yes. But sometimes you gotta say no. Cause if mm -hmm. you say yes to everything and you don't have time to fill yourself up, now where are you operating from? Now you're operating right. out of that, that burnout. Now you're operating out of that resentment. Like they always say yes. I always say yes exactly. to them, stuff like that. So I, I, I truly believe, because Jesus said, let your yes be yes and let your no be no. Jesus never said, say yes to everything. Exactly. He just said, let your yes be yes. Exactly. No be no. So I think people, even in the church sphere, it's okay to say no. <laughs> it's all right to say yes. no. Don't feel any yes. type of way. Oh, they, they won't like me anymore. If that's the case. Oh, well, you're going to be healthy. God's mm -hmm. going to uh, say that well done, good and faithful servant, because you said no when his spirit told you to say no. Exactly. Exactly. And just to speak off your point, like we all know at City Church, you are the MJ, you are the Kareem Abdul-Jabbar when it comes to serving. I'm, I'm just trying to be LeBron James in these streets. <laughs> so. 
So, you know, just even just even seeing you take a break, like, hey, like, I'm going to go to Dallas for the weekend. I'm going to go here. I'm going to take a break. So I know you're very you're very private for a reason, especially within church culture. And it is okay to say no. It is also necessary to say no. You don't know what your capacity. You have to be very vigilant of what your capacity is. And I have been told several times, you do a lot. So I think that's a polite way of them saying you're doing you're doing too much. Like you do a lot. You're and I remember leading on two teams and being a life group. You know, I'll tell my leaders like, hey, listen, these next eight to ten weeks in the summertime, I'm not going to be around. Like I have to focus on on school. And you already know, like when people would see me on Sundays, they'd be like, we haven't seen you because. Literally, my my schedule, I can be in church anywhere from three to five times a week. And as Pastor Ken said recently, we've been experiencing spiritual hangovers for the past couple of weeks with Carol Ward advance and just revival nights that we're going to be preparing for as a church. So it's very important um, to prioritize and just be, and you may be in a season where you can't serve. That's okay. Like, I remember PK saying, you are better off taking six months out of the year and be healthy than to be showing up every Sunday serving unhealthy. That's so good. And I think people need to realize that boundaries is for our good. If you look, if you look at the Bible, Genesis, go back to Genesis, when God created the whole earth and the heavens, right. he said, okay, ocean, you can't go past this part. I am exactly. taking a boundary right here. You cannot go past this. Why? For the good of the humans but people think like like i said um before people think that boundaries make you weak no boundaries make you smart boundaries make you strong because if you don't have right. the boundaries people gonna start coming at you and then you don't know where to go you don't know what to do so i really believe like water boundaries i think boundaries as you said are essential <laughs> they are Man, they boundaries are. are more than essential to live a healthy and whole life right and even Going back to your original question, how can someone um, express their boundaries and set up boundaries? Like, here are just five simple tips. Be clear about what you want and what you need. Be direct. Expect resistance. Expect resistance. Expect anger. Expect expect questions. However, you are not responsible for the reactions of other people. The only individual you are responsible for is yourself. Um, and then also understanding that setting boundaries takes time. Like you're not going to have all your boundaries known to you at one minute. You may have to start off with a boundary, just one simple boundary, like, okay, this upsets me. This is why. And also take inventory as well as, as, as to why that thing or those people kind of irritate you as well. Um, and it's a process. Setting boundaries is a process. And then Boundaries are for your own well-being. You're not trying to control. You're not trying to be mean. And you're not trying to manipulate. Um, so the, the common fears are of letting people down, disappointing them, offending them, being seen as difficult and selfish, uh, being mean. Uh, and, the, and most importantly, the fear of ruining relationships. Some relationships are going to be separated because of the boundaries that you that you said, especially if you've been accepting toxic and unhealthy behavior for a long period of time. Like I remember when I made the decision to kind of assert myself with, with my mom in terms of school and 
my masters and, you know, and, and a lot of it is not even our own stuff. It's the people around us. So we have to be very careful about the things that we hear and the things that we accept um, and also reject anything that is unlike God and that's not for you, that's not good for you as well. And when you're changing and shifting a dysfunctional system, remember there's function in dysfunction. Just because something is unhealthy, it's been functioning. We're talking about decades, generations of embedded negative patterns. And when someone is conscious enough to start shifting that, there's going to be tension. There's going to be, because there's an, un, an unraveling, there's an awakening that's, that's happening. So it can cause a lot of trauma for the individual involved setting those boundaries and the relationships that are connected to, such, to, to people. That is so good. And I, I truly believe that people need to set up their boundaries before they get into the situation. Because what I see with a lot of people is they try to set up boundaries while they're in the situation instead of setting it up before they got into the situation. It, it's difficult when you're in it. And I think sometimes when we're out of negative situations or when we realize things are unhealthy, um, it's never too late to set a boundary, no matter how, how far down the road you've gone or you've gone in, in sin, like there's still grace, there's still room to come back, there's still room for improvement, there's still room for mercy, there's still room for growth, but also um, recognizing the role that you play in your own suffering by not setting those boundaries, by not setting those limitations, and by not setting, setting the rules. God, we have a God of boundaries. So if our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, had boundaries, and our, the God of our Creator had boundaries, who are we to not have boundaries as his creation? That is that is so good because, like you said, he, the one the only person who could who could live without having boundaries still have boundaries. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I, I just love that. So and I think people need to realize that depending on your season, your boundaries may change. Some people exactly. think if I keep if I make my boundaries when I was seventeen, I gotta keep it till I'm like thirty seven. No, as the season lights come through. Your boundaries will change. Yeah, and it's important to communicate your boundaries as you're adjusting, as you're shifting. And like you said, your boundary at 17 is not going to be the same boundary when you're 37 or 36 or in any stage of life. Just like with different seasons, you're going to be a different person. Now, some characteristics of yours are, are going to change and still remain the same. But it's important to always realize that there is room bound you can negotiate your boundaries with yourself with friends with family with co-workers um so um boundaries are not permanent that is so good you want to add anything before we go to the next question um i think also it's just really important to just just extend yourself extend grace to yourself because boundaries are a process um, there are so many resources that are out there uh, pertaining to boundaries and boundaries take time because it took a certain amount of time for you to learn a specific behavior, be exposed to a specific behavior, and also coming to that awareness that it wasn't okay, it wasn't right. Um, and also just, just, just showing yourself grace to, your, to yourself and towards other people, I think is very, very important. And just continue to ask God for discernment. And I think, Edward, we get into these situations because of, of the natural state of who we are as people, like we are built for connection. Uh, but we have to ask God, like, 
Am I assigned to that person? Am I supposed to be in alignment with that person? Because you may have common interests, you may be in a common place, you may serve together, um, and you have to make sure that you're aligned uh, because one person can think a relationship is here, another person can think a relationship is here. So as you've, you've always said, the, the number one destruction of relationships is expectation, misalignment, lack of discernment. That, that is so good. So my next question to you, because I know a lot of people go through this, and I think this is going to be helpful to a lot of people. How does a person handle another person who doesn't respect their boundaries? Like, how do you handle a person who doesn't respect their boundaries? Okay, so I'm going to be very transparent. Um, so I've been the person <laughs> that has violated Oh, my ex-boyfriend can definitely vouch for this, for sure, <laughs> Mr. Delete the song. But anyway, um, so um, af after my ex and I broke up, I violated his boundaries because we were still trying to maintain a friendship. So I would call, text, he would ask me to stop, but it was very easy to manipulate him because his boundaries were very poor and they weren't reinforced. Um, but it was to the point where he actually had to block me. And still to this day, I am blocked. Just, just, just being transparent um, for not respecting his boundaries um, because you know he was trying to move on, have a separate life, you know, and for us to still be connected in, a, in that toxic way um, was very unhealthy. And then through growth um, and through counseling as well, um, now I do realize the, um, Kind of the effect and the chaos that I brought to his life by not respecting the boundaries because I was the one that was broken up with, but I still wanted to maintain a connection with him and realizing even just through spiritual maturity that that was a relationship that I had to let go that God never ordained. I was asking God to bless mess. I was basically asking God to bless my violation of godly boundaries. And God's like, no, I don't do that. Like, I need you to let this relationship go. And since you can't let this go, I'm going to, I'm going to implement a way that you're going to have to release him. So, um, you know, and, and so that's been a pattern of mine in my romantic relationships as well. So that's something that I've definitely recognized. I think when past, when my boundaries have been violated, I wouldn't say anything because I didn't want to rock the boat. I didn't want to make somebody uncomfortable. And a lot of the violation for me was out of emotion. Um, so um, now that I'm getting older, being more wise, um, I think it's important to speak to people directly. There's an, actually an acronym um, that's, called, that's called Dear Man. Um, so the dear part describes what to do to set a boundary and the man part um, shows you how. So D stands for describe the facts of the situation Express your feelings um, about the situation using I statements, especially if your boundaries were violated. Assert your needs, ask directly for what you want and reinforce to the person why they should respect your need or boundary. And M stands for staying mindful, keeping focused on the main goal. A stands for appearing confident by making eye contact and speaking up. And it depends on whether how you approach the person, whether in person or over the phone. And N stands for negotiation. This can look like providing space for the other person to express their needs as well. 
And as I mentioned in the past, it's very, it's important to be considerate of, of others. However, at the same time, you can still set a boundary and maintain that boundary. So I, I like how you gave both sides of the coin. It's like, I was the person who violated people's boundaries and I had people violate my boundaries. So I like how you gave both sides. I think it's important um, because I've, I've, I've been on both sides of the coin. Um, so yeah, so as of now, I'm still blocked three years later, three years later on Instagram. So, I, and I think it was necessary for, um, and I also had to do the same thing too, because it wasn't helping me to move forward as well. Um, and that was something that I was wrestling with in counseling. I would add his family members one moment, then unfollow, then add again, then unfollow. So that creates a lot of confusion and a lot of chaos, not only in your life, but in the lives of the people around you. And we actually did have a conversation about it for four years ago, um, you know, but I, I just don't think that I had that comprehension until later on um, after severing ties permanently and really experiencing the flip side of that with my mom, with my sister, with other people in my family. So I think it's, it's that those experiences have really, really helped and shaped, um, shaped me. And I've been able to kind of learn from them. And then being the violator, I was very manipulative to get, to get what I wanted. And my ex would just, he would feed into that time and time and time again. So until one day he was like, I can't no more. So everyone has their breaking point. Everybody has their limit so we have to be be mindful of that as well that is that is so good so i want it's the same question but i want to know how do you how do you do this when it's like a parent because as you know as mm -hmm. children, <laughs> boundaries it's not a dictionary an african dictionary boundaries is not an end dictionary so how, how can someone exactly. maneuver that? Because I knew you said that you wrote an email to your mom to explain everything. Is there any other, is there some other ways that a, a child, not even like an African child, like an international child, how could they maneuver that? Um, it's very difficult. I think it's harder. It's harder if you live in the house with them physically. I think if they're, if your parents are taking care of like, financial needs. However, that is not an excuse just because a parent, again, a parent chooses to do those things. And sometimes there's a lot of transactional, a lot of us are in transactional relationships. As long as you keep doing this for me, I'm going to keep doing this for you. And that was one thing that I really had to express um, to my mom. Like, it's like, I don't feel like I'm your daughter. I, don't, I feel like this is a transactional relationship. You only contact me when you you need something, and I and it's and it's very hard and it's very complicated and and I don't know everyone's situation. I can only speak um, for me. I had to start taking kind of measures into my own hands um, in terms of that too. And it's like, okay, well, I've had to assume a lot of responsibility since I was a child. So it's like, why can't you? give me the freedom to do what I not only want to do, but what I need to do for myself. So there's a lot of enabling, there's codependency, as I mentioned. So it's very, very difficult, um, you know, and for those who feel, who feel stuck, I would say control what you can control. 
um, no matter how small it is. Um, I know that I still had the freedom to kind of go places um, and things like that. But sometimes I would be out and my mom would call for no reason um, as well. And you can, you can only communicate so much. And again, as I mentioned, a lot of it is our parents' own stuff that they haven't dealt with. I think there's a lot of fear about, oh, if my child does something wrong, how's the community going to feel? How are others going to perceive it? Like, I don't want this child to be embarrassed, an embarrassment to me. And a lot of parents have kids for the wrong reasons. A lot of parents have children for the wrong reasons. And I think it's, it's, it's important to really heal from that as well. And if you can seek any type of support from a friend, from an adult, from a pastor, um, I would say take, take those steps and control what you can control. I would say journaling is really helpful to process feelings and emotions. And because we live in a technological age, there are YouTube channels, there's Instagram, there are like psychologists, not to be confused for psychotherapy, but they can provide um, resources on how to set boundaries in a practical way. And again, setting boundaries is not easy, especially with family members who have raised you and who have invested um, time and energy, finances and resources um, to, to raising you. Oh, that's amazing. And I think another thing is that, you know, prayer, you just, you just gotta say, God, can you, can you just touch my mom's heart? Can you just touch my dad's heart? I think, so I think prayer will play a big role to, to anyone who's like violating your, your boundaries. Yes, definitely. Always, always use prayer and also uh, make sure that you're in the word too. make sure that you're in the word and that you're reading your Bible. Boundaries are throughout the Bible. Everything that God said, that's what it was supposed to be. That is what it was. Um, And there's room to um, ask God questions because God can handle God can handle that, right? Because he created us. Um, so it's it's very important also to get in the word, read your devotional, spend that quiet time with God. One thing I like to do when I'm processing something difficult is I I journal while playing worship music or, you know, which kind of, you know, gives me the, the, the courage to encourage myself in the Lord, encourage myself in the word. I have a daily Kairos journal that I'm able to, you know, write three things that I'm grateful for, gratitude. You know, gratitude is something that's also um, very important, even when you are in a tough situation, um, dealing with a difficult parent. Um, and there, there are parents who were never supposed to be parents. There are parents who don't know how to parent. They don't understand um, the severity of, of, of the ramifications and the damage that often gets done, um, you know, through child rearing and upbringing, because our parents are only doing the best they can with the resources and the knowledge that they have at the time. And I think that's why, you know, prayer is so important because then the Holy Spirit can give them secret, secret tools like, oh, maybe I shouldn't talk to my child like that. Or if I discipline them, maybe I should explain to them why I'm disciplining them. You know, sometimes right. like I, I'm going to give you a beating and like, why? What did I do? And that was it. That, <laughs> you, you don't get any explanation. Why? You right. <laughs> so- right. And I think and I think if I know spanking and discipline is a very people have different opinions about it. And I, and I respect those opinions, but I know for me, it didn't help. I rebelled 
I rebelled even more. And children know how to endure physical pain um, with, with that type of discipline. And then they find partners who represent their parents and then they're in abusive relationships or they're the perpetrator or they're the abuser. So, um, you know, and that's also, and that's only by God's grace that I didn't turn out that way. Um, you know, but it's, it's something that it's very important to be very cognizant of. And I think also we look for our parents and our partners in the people that we choose to date. Um, so it's very important for people to heal from any type of trauma, whether it's a small T trauma or a big T trauma. So it's, it's, it's very, very, very important. Um, and you know, and you instill, and you instill fear into your children instead of love, honor, and respect. Um, so people learn how to be afraid. Um, they get into situations where they can't speak. They don't have the language, um, to assert themselves or to ask for what they need or to leave a situation that may be in an, in an endangerment endangerment to themselves and the people around them. Uh, that is so good. This conversation has been so good so far. So let's go to the next question. Um, Cause I know some people are beating themselves up because they didn't mm -hmm. hold on to their boundary. They didn't stand firm in their boundary. So my next question to you, Chioma, is how does a person forgive themselves for not enforcing their boundaries? Well, I think with, with anything um, to extend, extend grace to yourself, also acknowledge the feelings that you feel from it, whether it's resentment, disappointment, anger, um, sad, deep sadness. Um, so I know um, in the Bible, in first Corinthians, it talks about, you know, sexual immorality. And the reason I'm going there, because I made a lot of bad decisions um, sexually, because I used sex as a way to escape and numb the pain that I had went through from my childhood trauma, from being in toxic, consistent toxic relationships, not being around the right friends in college and kind of growing up as well. So that was the tool that I used to kind of numb my pain as a way to please people. Like even like when I would be in arguments with former boyfriends, like, okay, I'll sleep with him and then he'll, he'll be quiet. He'll shut up. Like he won't, he won't complain about, about anything. And that's what I would you know, that's what I would do. I remember not even being able to like communicate or even want to spend time with them, but just going there to just, you know, sleep with them so I can get my fill. But just realizing after a life of just emptiness and brokenness and that I needed to just turn back to God and just to confess and acknowledge like God, like I have not only violated you, I have violated myself. I have betrayed myself by not honoring and respecting my body not honoring and expect and respecting you and you know anything outside the will of God is sin period point blank anything outside the plan of God anything outside the purpose of God anything outside the parameters of God is sin God is very clear there's no black and white especially in the area of sexual immorality I remember with um, just a few weeks ago with uh, before advance the week of advance actually uh, Pastor Kent was talking about um, with Relationship Sunday with Pastor Ali, and a question came up about um, this person was asking how far is too far in terms of um, <laughs> wanting to cross that line. You asking that question, you already know that you're going too far. And Pastor Kent, I believe he mentioned um, 1 Corinthians 6, 6 um, or it was another verse, but I just want to read um, just these following verses. I have 
I have the right to do anything you say, but not everything is beneficial. I have the right to do anything, but I will not be mastered by anything. You say food for the stomach and the stomach for food, and God will destroy them both. The body, however, is not meant for sexual immorality, but for the Lord and the Lord for the body. By his power, God raised the Lord from the dead, meaning Jesus, and he will raise us also. Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ himself? Shall I then take the members of Christ and unite them with a prostitute? Never. Do you not know that he who unites himself with a prostitute is one with her in body? For it is said, the two will become one flesh. And that goes back to Genesis. But whoever is united with the Lord is one with him in spirit. So it says, flee from sexual immorality. That is a boundary. All other sins a person commits are outside the body. But whoever sins sexually sins against their own body. Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought with a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. So that's a boundary right there. Those are boundaries, very clear, and God explains why. And that message is, you'll see throughout scripture in one, Romans 12, one, chapter one. I urge you, brothers and I urge you, brothers and sisters, you give your bodies as a temple of sacrifice, which is true and proper worship. Honoring God with your body is an act of worship and acknowledging who God is. That's, that's good because when you think about it, once you realize, to go back to 1 Corinthians, once you realize that you bought at a price, maybe you'd be more willing to put the boundary up. And once you know that mm-hmm. since God has forgiven you through the blood of Jesus Christ, you can forgive yourself for not enforcing your boundaries. Right. And I think forgiveness is only forgiveness of yourself. But when you can forgive yourself, you can also forgive the person as well. Um, because especially in just using that as an example, both of you were in sin. You caused them to sin. They caused you to sin. So. Oh, um, also acknowledging the role that you play in your own suffering is very important um, towards steps of healing and, and forgiving yourself. We're not perfect. It's about progression, not perfection, as Pastor Mike Todd would say. Um, so it's very important that we are progressing and not being perfect. And, you know, and it really eliminates the spirit of pride, um, because oftentimes when we progress to a certain point, you're like, I'm good. I'm good. Like that was in the past that thing can still trip you up and even to a, a worse degree. So it's important to remember where you've been and where you're going. Um, and, and, and it's not to condemn you, but it's to remind you um, to always, you know, to be humble. Like first, first Peter uh, five verses six through seven says, humble, you know, humble yourselves and God will raise you up uh, with his mighty right hand at the appointed time. So it's very important to live in humility because as long as we're alive, our nature is going to be to sin. It always has been, it always will be. And even in Psalm 51, when it talks about, yet I was born out of iniquity, I was conceived in iniquity in my mother's womb. 
God still commands us to be faithful even in that secret place. Even in the womb where we were conceived in iniquity, God still requires faithfulness. So the fact that we're in sin is not, is not an excuse to not obey and walk in obedience with God and his spirit. That, that's so good. So I have a, my next question is, how does someone heal from the boundaries being crossed? Because we went through the whole, like, you know, we're going to forgive ourselves. So how do we heal mm -hmm. from, because, like, I trusted this person to, like, know me. I trust this person to respect me, but they still cross over my the boundaries. So how does a person heal from that? Um, there are different ways to heal. I think, um, as I said previously, acknowledge the pain um, that, it, that it has caused you and, like, um, and there's a grieving process with anything, like with a breakup of a relationship, a disappointment of a friend or a parent or a brother or a sister, like acknowledge that disappointment, also acknowledge the expectation, whether it was communicated or not. Um, even when we do do the right things to communicate our boundaries, people will still violate us, unfortunately, uh, because hurt people hurt people. Um, so, you know, asking for forgiveness, seeking professional help if setting boundaries is something that you've struggled with throughout your life. Um, seeking counsel, wise counsel from your pastors, associate pastors, your leaders, friends that are, that are, um, that are good for you, other believers, um, knowing who your safe people are. Um, Dr. Henry Cloud definitely talks about people, people who violate your boundaries on a consistent basis are not safe people. You're not safe with them. You're not safe around them as well. So you have to recognize who in your relationships are safe and also evaluate yourself. Am I a safe person to be around? Do I respect the boundaries of other people? Do I, um, do I violate boundaries? Have I violated boundaries in the past? And really getting that inventory from people that you, you trust. Um, Psychoeducating yourself. Dr. Henry Cloud, um, I'm, not, I'm not sure if you've heard of the book of boundaries, um, he has several books on boundaries, boundaries in dating, boundaries in marriage, boundaries with children, um, safe people, changes that heal, heal the heart. Um, and he also has a boundaries.me podcast, also on YouTube and on all digital media. But definitely start, start with trying to psychoeducate yourself because therapy can also be expensive. Uh, but if you do have the means to seek professional help, I would highly advise that you do so. That was something that I had to do um, almost three years ago, and I'm, I'm still in counseling. I'm still in therapy. I'm still working through and processing um, a lot of my trauma. Also acknowledge the trauma that you went through as, as a child, whether if it's trauma that you have to heal through from your childhood, your adolescence, your adulthood. Um, emotional neglect, any type, any form of abuse, um, you know, and, and do your best to be consistent and start off with one boundary at a time and a boundary that you can maintain. And as you grow throughout your life, you'll be able to add more boundaries, readjust, negotiate, and you'll be able to assess who you may need to distance yourself from, who you may need to cut off for a period of time as well, because you don't want to we don't want to be rigid, uh, but we also don't want to be too loose. We want to be uh, fair and flexible. 
amazing. And I think people need to realize I need to have a distinct uh, distinction between acknowledging and owning. You should acknowledge mm-hmm. it, but you shouldn't own it. Yes, what you went mm-hmm. through was bad. What you went through was awful. Yes, you do need help. But what I see people is they start to own it. Like, I'm always going to be abandoned. I'm always going to do this. I'm always going to, like, stop speaking the words of death over your life and say, yes, this happened. But by the grace of God and by the healing power of God and by the restored power of God, I'm going to get through it. But I see people just hold on to what God wants to want them to let go of. Right. And also to bring bring your pain to God. Bring your pain to God. Be honest with God about your here, about where you are right now. Like, Lord, like I've done these things in the past. I don't want to be this person anymore. Lord, I've been hurt. I've been violated. I've also been the violator. So teach me and just have an open and receptive heart to God, his word, because his word is life. His word is true. And his word is so. So it's God's word is going to outlast all of us as well as his church. So it's, it's really important to also bring that pain to God because God heals the wounds of, binds the wounds of the brokenhearted. He's a healer. Like he's, he's a deliverer. Like he can deliver us from, from the very thing that tried to destroy us. And it's also important, you know, to not go back to those things that tried to destroy you and that you don't become the thing that you hate or the thing that you were. So that's why forgiveness is really, really important. And to really just bring all that to God, because God, and even if it it was something that God didn't intend and that was never in its plan, he's going to use it for your good and for his glory. That is so good because people need to realize like, yes, God did not want this to happen, but he can use it Mm -hmm. to develop you. He can use it because maybe out of your pain, there's a ministry that's going to come out of that pain. You know what I mean? Right. So I think instead of because what this is the other flip side, because, you know, there's people who own it and there's people who just like act like it didn't happen. And I don't think people should just act like it didn't happen either. I think you need to acknowledge it. And it's like right. on the medical field, how do they mm-hmm. clean a wound? You have to acknowledge it. You have to expose it. And there's a saying that Jesus cannot heal unless you choose to reveal. So I think people need to mm-hmm. reveal the hurt rebuild the trauma, rebuild everything they went through. But I think people need to realize that you don't reveal it to everyone. <laughs> you, this pe- you reveal right. it to Jesus first and you build it to certain right. people that are trusted in your circle. Right. It's important to know who your safe people are. And it's very important to know that if you're a safe person as well, because if you're not, that's something you need to work on trying to as well. So it's it's very, it's very important. It's It's hard when you have to confront the things that you've done in the past and the things that, that have been done to you. And not everybody chooses a path of healing and wholeness. Um, but for me, it was affecting how I was trying to function in my life. It was affecting all my relationships, all my areas um, with school. And, I've, and over the years, I've had to have, I've had to have hard conversations um, with friends who felt that, you know, that I was distant, that I, I didn't communicate. And, but it was very healthy. And I think people have gotten to know me on a different, different level and a different, more intimate level. But I only give certain people um, that access. Um, but it's it's important for me to be authentic with everyone. But there's there's levels um, to that authenticity. And just just knowing that I I can be a safe person. I'm you're capable of being a safe person. 
person and you're capable of finding those people and just manage your expectations because we are all flawed. God, he'll never forsake you. He can take on that burden because his yoke is easy and his burden is light. That, that is so good. So anything you want to add before we go to the last question? I can't believe we're at the last question. Is there anything you want to add? Um, no, no, not that, not that I know. If you have any more questions or add-ons, I could definitely add if you have any other questions. So, you know, we go to the last question, May it might spur to other questions, because this last question is, what if they listed this whole conversation sure. and they're, they're still not about it? They're like, I don't know about this whole boundary thing. So Chioma, you are you you got the master in it. So my question to you, my last question to you is, why is it so important to have boundaries? It is important for you to have boundaries because your peace depends on it. Your life depends on it. You being able to care for others in an authentic and real way depends on it. If, and as I said in the video previously, if the God of if God of the universe, God of all creation, can have boundaries, so can we as His creation. Jesus had boundaries, and He had to be consistent with His boundaries, especially with people who didn't understand. Whether it was the religious leaders, whether it was His own disciples, due to their lack of immaturity and, and understanding. But it's your well-being is worth you setting boundaries. Your peace is worth setting boundaries and living a full life and being in community and in the relationships that you're supposed to be in is worth you having your boundaries. There is no price to having a peace of mind. That is so good because in John 10, 10, it says, the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy it. But then Jesus said, I've come that you have a life to the full. And mm -hmm. when you think about it, to steal, to kill, and destroy, those are three things that there's no boundaries. Like, if right. I'm going to steal from someone, I don't respect the boundary. If I'm going to kill you, <laughs> there's definitely no boundary. Right. And if I'm going to show you, there's no boundary. So I, I just wonder that if we don't make have boundaries in our lives, are we just giving open access to the enemy to come wreak havoc in our life? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, as it says, it mentions in the word that the, the enemy comes as a, as a great lion um, waiting to devour. The enemy is operating according to its nature. So we have to operate according to our nature, whether it's devotional time, prayer, getting in God's word, fasting, studying, being hearers and doers of the word, as it says in James chapter one. Um, so we are not to deceive ourselves when we say that we only hear the word, but we don't do what it says obedience, obeying God is what keeps us safe. Obeying God is what keeps us in his will. Obeying God is what keeps us within the parameters, within the will, within the plan that God has for our lives. As I mentioned earlier, anything outside of God's parameters is sin. And the enemy would it would love it according to its nature, which is to lie, to steal, to kill, destroy. Satan, Lucifer is the father of lies. He is the great accuser. He is the great adversary of our soul. So it's important to also operate as a son and as a daughter of God. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is the same spirit that lives on the inside of us. So because Christ had authority, we have authority. Because of who Christ is, we are who we are in Christ and in Christ alone. So 
Christ is our firm foundation, the rock on which I stand when everything around me is shaken. I've never been more glad that I put my faith in Jesus. That's why Jesus is the center. He is the great intercessor of our lives. He stands in the gap between life and death. And so should we. That is so good. I do have a follow-up question now. <laughs> yeah, um, I know you would. <laughs> so do you think people don't have boundaries? Is because they don't take God at his word? Do, we, do you think that we try to get acceptance and validation from other people? And that's why we don't have boundaries. So we just go back to like people pleasing and all these other things. I think, I think it's, it could be a host of things. I think people pleasing is, is definitely one thing. And it's, it's, it's a form of idolatry because you're trying to please dust instead of the spirit. Um, so, um, yeah, so there's validation. A lot of us have abandoned. I know for me, abandonment wounds, wanting to be validated, wanting to be loved for who I am, wanting to be seen, heard, and understood. And those are valid needs. It's what we do to get those needs met. So if it's not having boundaries, if it's violating, if it's manipulating, if it's doing whatever we have to do to get those needs met through sin, we sin out of need. It's not the need that's that's sinful. It's, it's the method in which we go through of what we're willing to do to get those needs met. So there, it could be a host of things. It could be unhealed trauma. It could be wanting to seek uh, validation from somebody, um, which is which is which are also forms of idolatry because that's people pleasing, trying to get man to to have the final say when it's your Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, whose blood was shed on Calvary. You were already bought at a price, so you don't have to pay the price for the debt that you should have taken on for yourself. So it's very um, important to know why you're doing what you're doing, what is your intent, and also acknowledging the impact it has on you and it also has on other people. And a lot of us don't have may not have boundaries because we weren't taught boundaries. Boundaries can be taught. Boundaries can be learned um, over a period of time with anything with anything in life. Oh, that is amazing. Any last encouragement and advice to anyone who's watching this or who's going to listen to this? Um, just an encouraging word. Um, we're not perfect. I'm not perfect. As you saw, I was willing to share a, a pretty uh, humbling story of how I've consistently blocked, um, which is even funnier. His cousin had been blocked on his Twitter for almost five years now this November. So that's another humorous, humorous story to kind of share. Um, so I think it's, um, it's important um, for you to kind of just use this season to kind of take inventory um, and really um, ask for God to work on your capacity and know what, and you have to know what your limits are. Um, you can't be all things to all people and all people can't be all things to you. So it's important to um, understand, recognize, and accept those limitations. And it's okay. Like, Limits are not, they're not bad if they're used in the correct way, in a biblical standpoint. Like God had limits. If the ocean could just come as it pleases, we would all drown. We'd all be dead. If the sun was, you know, allowed to just be at a, a certain distance, we could all burn. So God had limits for a reason and we should have limits for a reason. So the reason we have boundaries is not to push people away and not to accept everything, but to have have a healthy state of being so that we can be empathetic, compassionate towards ourselves and love one another. And boundaries teach us how to be in relationship. 
boundaries teach us how to be in relationship. When God in Genesis 2, verses 16 through 17, told Adam not to eat from the fruit, he told him, this is how I want you to be in relationship with that tree. Don't be in relationship with that tree. Come on. <laughs> Pretty much, right? Like when, you know, when, when God told Moses the Ten Commandments in Deuteronomy 5, um, going through, you know, all the verses. Um, the, the first one really touches me because, you know, God, God, God talks about this is why, not even what I've done for you, but who I have been to you. I am the Lord, your God. That's who I am to you. And then God goes into what he's done. Who brought you out of Egypt? You should have no other gods before me. If it's one thing that irritates God the most, it's disobedience and idolatry of any kind. God of self, God of a person, God of a thing. God's, God's not with that and God is not, you know, for that. So, you know, God loves himself too. And, and, you know, and we, and when we're in relationship and we're in unison with God, we can be one with God. That's why it's important to spend time in your word, to pray, to be in community, to serve. You have to do all those things according to your level of maturity, the level, the season that you're in and the level of your capacity. So, so good. So thank you for coming on, Chioma. Thank you for taking time out of your schedule and giving us practical ways thank on you. how to begin to have boundaries in our lives. But thank before we end, so episode, hey, no problem. But you know, before, you know how we get down. Before we end episode 45 of Saturday Conversations, we want, to, we want to get to know you a little better through a game called This or That. I already made my guesses. There's five sections, two options. Whenever you're ready, let me know. Ready. All right. So out of these two Bible characters, who would you uh, pick? Samson or Solomon? Ooh, that's tough. Solomon. All right. Um, so at a yellow light, do you slow down or speed up? Because I've gotten so many tickets, I slow down now. Okay. <laughs> I slow down now. I slow down now. <laughs> you, you learned your lesson. <laughs> I slow down now. Yeah, I do. So um, when you want to travel, would you rather do a um, road trip or uh, fly on an airplane? Road trip. Okay. So for breakfast, would you rather eat waffles or pancakes? Waffles. All right. And for um, if you want to travel, you know, restrictions are all done and everything like that. Would you rather go to Hawaii or Cancun? Hawaii. Hawaii. Uh, I got three out of five, which is not bad. It's not good, but it's not bad. I said Solomon because, no. you know. Solomon Not had wisdom. Samson kind of yeah. messed it all up in Delilah's lap. We're, we're not going to talk about it. Um, <laughs> no. <laughs> so I thought you're going to say speed up, but you said slow down. Well, because, you know, hearing your story, yeah, I'll, I'll slow down too if I had tickets. So I don't blame you. Yeah. Bound, <laughs> don't blame you at all. Boundaries, man. Boundaries. <laughs> <laughs> And then I thought you were going to say Cancun, but you said, yeah. which is fair. Mm -hmm. Well, mm -hmm. this has been amazing, Chioma. You know, every time I bring a guest on, I have them pray for the people listening or watching this. So do you mind praying for us before we end this conversation? Absolutely. And before I pray, Edward, thank you for being obedient. Thank you for um, just, just staying obedient. Thank you for serving the way that you do. Listen, the mansions that you're going to have in heaven, the eternal reward 
listen, I'm just going to need a piece of that because I kind of helped you get there over the past few years. So I'm just saying, like, you know, just give me a wing or a section. Just give me a section. But thank just a section, you know, because I know you like your own space. I get that. Introverts unite. So um, no, but just just thank you. Just thank you for this opportunity. And I'm looking forward to doing this again in the future and just praying for whatever God is going to speak to you and the future guests that are going to be um, in your in your life on this channel as well. So thank you so much. That means a lot to me, Chioma. Appreciate it. Yeah. So I will I will end us in prayer. Um, so Father God, I just, I just thank you for this time. I thank you that you have blessed both of us to be on this channel. Lord, whoever this message is for, whoever it needs to reach, whatever needs to be said, Lord, I just thank you that your wisdom was able to be poured out and that your spirit was able to, to move in this place. Holy Spirit, I just thank you for being, for being the encourager, the advocate, the paraclete, um, and just representing your church, Jesus Christ, I thank you for being the center and the firm foundation. And Lord, I thank you for your sovereignty and being creator. God, I pray that whoever listens to this message, whoever is meant to hear it, Lord, let it be heard and let them be encouraged to walk in obedience, to walk in boundaries and to walk in parameters that will lead them to a God-filled, spirit-led, sustained life in Jesus' name. Amen. So let Amen. me you and we just, we just end the conversation. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your daughter. We thank for everything you've done for her. We thank for what you're going to do. We thank you for what you're doing right now. So Holy Spirit, we ask that you lead her. We ask you that you open doors that no man can shut and you shut doors that no man can open in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. We ask you, Lord, that the ministry that you have planted in her heart, that will go come to fruition in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. I pray that that Chioma will be a, a staple of an example to her family in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. As the younger generation is um, coming up, they will look at Chioma and see an example in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. We ask you, Lord, that you continue to lead her, that you continue to be with her, that you continue to protect her in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. And we ask you, Lord, that you continue to download um, vision and um, wisdom and understanding mm-hmm. in her life in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. And whatever step she um, takes next, we ask you, Lord, that let it be um, preceded by your favor, by your grace, and by mercy and by your goodness in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. And we pray in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, by this time next year, she will have all the cause to give you honor, glory, and thanksgiving. We say, blessed be your holy name, Jesus. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you so much, Edward. And I pray that God just continues to use you to continue. Just obey, stay steadfast, Fast, which I already know that you do. Um, but yeah, just continue to encourage people. Don't be afraid to approach. Those who are meant to say yes will say yes. Those who are meant to say no will say no. You just keep doing what you're doing and keep following the path that God has set before you. Thank you so much. So thank y'all for listening to episode 45 of Saturday Conversation. Chioma, where can people find you? So I am on Instagram at Chia Baby Chiama. So that is C-H-I-O-B-A-B-Y-C-H-I-O-M-A. So that is on Instagram. I'm also on Facebook. Um, you can search under my first and my last name. Uh, primarily, I do use Instagram. Um, so that's where you can find me. I love to upload like encouraging messages regarding mental health, 
um, faith-based, a little humor on the side because I do have to be mindful of what I post as a leader in the church, um, but just um, encouraging messages and just really encouraging people. Uh, so those are my two primary um, platforms as well. So you can definitely search for me and find me on those. And I will also put Chioma's um, information in the description box below. Once again, Chioma, thank you for coming on. Thank you for taking time. Thank you. Schedule. Um, thank I'm you so to, much. I'm grateful to call you a sister. You know, you're my oldest Amen. that sometimes get on your nerves. I get on your nerves sometimes. I understand. I but <laughs> it's all love. It's all love. It's all love. All love. And I do report Eve to you. So yes. <laughs> thank Sorry. you so much. <laughs> so everyone enjoy the conversation in the comment section below tell us what part of the conversation stood out to you don't forget to subscribe and hit the notification bell if you're watching on youtube and if you're listening on spotify follow hit the notification bell and give us five stars because you know you gained some information from this conversation i just had with chioma if you have any prayer requests put in the comment section below we love you god bless you and i'll see you next love time you guys.